right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Craig. Uh, here to talk about Michigan football as it's slowly but steadily getting closer to the beginning of the season, kicking off at the beginning of September. So, Thank God. Yes, while, while it is nice to see that coming closer, it is... A little bit sad to have the realization that that also means that summer is coming to an end as well. While I have been enjoying it, being on vacation, tomorrow is back to the grind and back to reality for me. So, But it's nice and short. I, I think I'm going to maybe try to plan this for all future times where I come back in the middle of the week so that I have a short work week. Well, yeah, I mean, you you were gone. And I got the pleasure of seeing some of the cool photos. You got to tell me what's going on, man. Let me ask. Let me tell some of the folks out there. Caleb, I didn't know this about him. He had look. He had photos on Facebook. He had a few things, and I look and I said, "There's a guy that looks like he's a deep sea fisherman." Oh, <laughs> he's on a boat. He's catching what steelhead. You got trout. You got rainbow trout going. Actually, I got nothing myself. Your wife got it. Then. Yeah, my wife and my dad pulled them into the boat. My nephew almost got one, but it was a slow day for fishing. Christy, good job, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so, I well, for those of you who probably know, got a lot of comments on it and everything, and it's always great doing that. We've done it two or three times now uh, over on Lake Michigan, but it was the day after a storm, and fishing the day after a storm always sucks because it messes with I, – I don't. I only know this from what they've – they've told me, but it messes with the currents. It messes with the temperature of the water and the fish are all like kind of messed up, um, kind of maybe directionally or, uh, spatially. So they're in different places. So fishing right after storm is not that great. And also we did an afternoon slash evening fish run, which is not as good as the morning. And that was, we did that last time as well. Actually, both times was after a storm. But uh, so it was still fun. It was actually a really awesome day on the lake. But, yeah, it looked like. Yeah, but yeah, we only did take uh, two fish with us. So, <laughs> yeah, really, your wife had a good catch, man. Yeah, we were gonna have a bet. Uh, we we didn't decide on what it was gonna be, but we were gonna be like, oh, we need to figure out something on who catches the bigger fish. Well, I didn't yeah. even like get a chance. I, I didn't even get up to a reel because so we only got. Bad. You lost bad. Yeah, I. It wasn't even a competition. It was a good trout, man. It was a good-sized trout. Yeah. Yep. There was uh, five bites, but two of them didn't get picked up uh, fast enough. And then my dad got a king salmon. She got the steelhead. And my nephew was trying to bring in a king salmon, but he got off right at the last minute. Yeah. So, well. But, yeah, good times, good times. Actually, interestingly enough that you bring up the uh, deep-sea fishing conversation, though, because – I had a, I've done that as well, but I had a rough experience with that because I didn't take Dramamine when I did that, and I had a very rough time. It was in the Gulf Coast. and uh, Yeah, you got to take that stuff, man. You're just going to puke. Yeah. I hadn't been on a boat in forever, so I didn't know. So I was like, oh, what the heck? Why not? And then halfway through, when you see the people who are on the boat every single day popping pills, I was like, crap. See, you think back in the old days, what the heck did they use? They didn't have Dramamine back then. They just got used to it, I guess, right? Yeah, either that or died off by being sick. 
exactly puked everything they had in them. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's rough out there. And, you know, my, my rough experience, I didn't go deep sea fishing, but I was in, um, over in the Saugatuck area and, and trying to get out there. And it was really kind of a stormy day. And we went, we tried to get out sailing. We went out through the jetty and literally the boat was rocketing in the air. And I said, Holy cow, I'm going to die out here. And then God, the guy who had the boat, uh, the sailboat who I'm friends with, he, he knows how to sail very well. And we turned it around we sail. And actually it's not the uh, going on the way out. It's going on the way back in. It's scary because it pushes your boat towards the jetty and the rocks and you have a hard time steering, but, uh, he knew what he was doing, but I went, you know, I almost puked there. I was sick. I'm like, man, I, I can't, I couldn't do this. Oh yeah. It gets nasty. And I love the lake. I love big lakes like that. And man, that make me sick. Yeah. I love, uh, I love being on the water too. I've never been on too crazy of water. When I was in the ocean, it wasn't really a rough day. It wasn't a calm day. That's for sure. Because the waves were high above the boat. Granted, it's not the biggest boat, but I mean, when you're in the ocean, you roll with the waves. So it's not like, Oh, it's over the boat. So you're going to sink the boat. No, it just, it, it, when the boat wasn't driving, it was like up and down and you're like on crazy angles and food sloshing around in your stomach. So, yeah. Thinking, my gosh, I wondered what I ate earlier that's not going to come up well. Yeah, for sure. But it was, like I said, a very nice uh, time on Lake Michigan. Uh, beautiful night. I've got pictures and video and different things like that. And so we, we had a great vacation. It was exhausting though, because the kids stayed up late and they woke up early and it's like, why do you children not want to sleep? So it was, it was good to come back and take a day off before I went back to work because today we just cleaned out the car did a little grocery shopping, got back on our feet. We there was no rush. We didn't have to. I didn't have to go to work at first thing in the morning. So, you know, those kids can go by you know, five hours of sleep and be energetic. And here you are, you know, dead to the world. So I know they don't quit, man. They don't no. quit. No, no, no. But we could do back. Thanks. Yeah, and then you're you're on your way out. So I'm on my way out, man. I leave Saturday, so I'll be out. Yeah. So next, you know, and I'm not going to be on Lake Michigan. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna be on a small lake, a li- dinky lake. Hey. Nothing with crashing. There'll be some fish, but yeah, lakes a lake. Yeah, if it lakes a lake. <laughs> so <laughs> and uh, so next week there's a small possibility that maybe a solo episode, depending on our uh, connection. With yeah. Craig while he's on vacation. That's always uh he's always off in the boonie somewhere, so Yep. But uh well this is not a uh state of Michigan podcast. This is a Michigan football podcast. So before we get too carried away, because I know that we could talk for uh hours on different things around Michigan, we will move on to the football talk here coming up.
All right, we'll go ahead and start off with a kind of a did you know thing. Uh, I don't think we'll talk about this too long. It's just a more of kind of an interesting thing that you see out there. And it was through uh, ESPN, if I'm not mistaken. But interesting little uh, fact, I shared it with Craig. Otherwise, I would kind of maybe quiz him on it. But uh, the a- in AP poll history, which I'm not sure exactly how far that goes back, but uh, they did a little uh, history for us with AP poll. And as far as the most ranked matchups for any teams, and obviously the teams that are scheduled on uh, yearly would match up more and get more games like this. But uh, for the most ranked matchups for any team, uh, two teams, Michigan and Ohio State, are actually uh, the leading teams. And the record itself is interesting because it's 44 times, and they are tied because is 20 wins for both teams and then four tie games. Yeah. So, and everybody can anticipate and figure unless something crazy happens this next season that you're going to come up on the 45th time that they're going to be ranked. Well, then you go the four, the four ties would have to be, when did they start initiating the overtime rules? So four ties and they have to be much earlier than. Well, it yeah. wasn't all that long ago. Heck, it can't be. Right. So. Um, you know. There we go. Let's see. Uh, adopting da, 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 overtime sports. Na- no, that's National Football College. In college since 1996. Okay. An overtime procedure used to determine the win- winner. I was going to guess 97, so I'm not too oh, really? far off. Yeah. 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 Because I thought it was sometime around Michigan's uh, national title. So, yeah. So, not. Uh, so, that's. Um, so, 96. Yeah. The year I was married. So. Oh, nice. So, Good you year. add. Well, yeah. You add the four since 96. So, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So, it. It, it, it kind of adds something to this year. I mean, it's, it's going to be a big game nonetheless anyways. But everyone's talking about. Uh, all these different things on how uh, Ohio State's being Michigan so much and dominated them. And then they actually uh, kind of going a little bit off uh, here reminded me of something. Uh, Craig got involved in a conversation. Somebody shared with him how Michigan has not had a winning record against Ohio State in 100 years. That's what they're pulling. Right. Um, which is actually complete BS because the way that they're pulling the information because of how the past uh, decade or two have gone, they've got that huge, vast um, number sway on their side. So then they can go back as far as they want to to 100 years. But once you go past 100 years, Michigan would have the overall winning record. Well, yeah. You're talking at the AP. If you start, well, I was saying AP poll history, and if you look at the AP poll when it started, the initial, the where it first began, it began in, 1936 it's one of the what i think it's one of the most the the longest running national poll in in, in national you know, as far as you know history so if you go back to 1936 yeah i think that's when they started this 2024 
match, you know, matchup between Michigan and Ohio State. But yeah, I think Michigan overtakes if you go past that 1936 earlier. Yeah, well, it back. Yeah, I mean, over overall, Michigan has it, but they're talking about as far as ranked matchups. So, for instance, yeah. if if Ohio State was ranked one year, Michigan was not ranked, they wouldn't count it towards this number. Okay. Because okay. they're talking about when both teams were ranked. Ranked, okay. Yeah, so they are back from as earlier as history in their football careers, right? Yeah, uh, I possibly, but right. uh, but kind of the way that I was veering off and everything is that uh, how people are uh, skewing things. Which, yes, yeah, so Ohio State has absolutely dominated Michigan over the past however many years it is, um, but it has. It's not like. Uh, Michigan didn't do well except for a hundred years ago, because if you go back to the eighties and nineties, uh, Michigan went a total of 13 and Ohio state went six because then during those decades, there was one tie between the schools. So, uh, 13 and six record, which actually, if you look at, uh, so Ohio state fans being all up about, the two thousands basically between uh, 2000 and now up until about 2020. Uh, if I'm, this is just hypothetical. If Michigan winds up winning out, they're going to wind up going, it's going to be the same exact record, six and 13. So it's not yeah. like this stuff that hasn't happened to Ohio state and they've gone through droughts because I'm saying six and 13, because there's that one season that is vo- voided because of the, sanctions against Ohio State. So that's essentially thrown out as a tie or doesn't count as a win. So in essence, this could end up exactly being how it was during the 80s and 90s for Ohio State. So how they easily forget how the clock turns and things, uh, the seasons change and everything where they were in this situation not that long ago. But anyways. um, The one went next is obviously Texas, Oklahoma, and then USC, Notre Dame. So. Yeah, so you'll see those interesting things where these are all rivalry games and they are regularly scheduled games. Like, these are games that happen almost every year. I don't know uh, for sure if USC uh, Notre Dame always happens every year. I know that lately they have. But, yeah, so these are games that usually happen every year. And in those uh, Oklahoma leads, 20-15, and Notre Dame leads, 16 to 14, which the way that USC is set up, they could possibly uh, overcome Notre Dame with that. But yeah, it just leads to a very interesting situation for Ohio State, Michigan, because they're they're tied. So, yep. Yeah, it really is. So that'll be interesting. So, so yeah, yep. no, just another thing to add on to the rivalry with everything going on between Ohio State and Michigan. Well, adding to how big this game will be too in this and. It's a big game. It really is. So Yeah, well, uh, you know, you've got the schools, you've got the coaches, Harbaugh and Meyer. That, yep. speaking on coaches, will actually transition us into our one of our other conversations because I can't remember exactly when it was, but recently there were some things that came up with a recruit. Uh, let me make sure I get this right. Tight end... Four-star tight end Jeremy Ruckert, uh, one of Ohio State's biggest targets, uh, was talking about his recruiting process and everything. And some interesting things were mentioned where he goes on to say, uh, Coach Meyer texts me every day. He doesn't just text me either. He texts my family, 
normal, then this is where it kind of veers off a little bit. And my girlfriend, and sends letters to my girlfriend's mom. He really goes the extra mile to make sure my parents and my family after... Uh, That's an extra mile. Sure, my parents and my family after comfortable with him the next four years. Yeah, there's maybe a typo there or something. But anyways, Meyer, Urban Meyer was not just texting him. He was texting his family and his girlfriend and was sending letters to his girlfriend's mom. Yeah. So uh, a lot of, well, okay, put it this way. It's not getting as much attention as if Jim Harbaugh had done it, (laughs) but it has gotten a decent amount of attention. And, of course, Michigan and Ohio State fans are going back and forth on what's okay and what's not okay. Most infamous being brought up is the sleepovers that Jim Harbaugh had in years past. Oh, just note that uh, uh, just a taste of hypocrisy I'm, I, I'm tasting around here. That's what I see. I mean, what it, that's what it is. You got Ohio State fans who think what Jim Harbaugh that was creepy trying to get his doing what he can by doing sleepovers at recruits house and climbing up trees and all the whole debacle about that. And, you know, it, to me, I didn't think it was a big deal. And of course, obviously I'm being a Michigan fan at Homer, but, but then you get urban Meyer doing this. And then of course you get Ohio state fans thinking that's fine. But yet what urban or what Jim Harbaugh did was creepy. I'm like, you know what? Sorry, but I, you know, a coach texting a recruit's girlfriend and sending letters to the mom, I think is a little bit creepier than um, a, a, a coach doing a sleepover because he's in that area. Um, Cause the parents are there. Everybody's there. So um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? It, it, to me, it's just, it's one of those things where it's ridiculous. I, they should really shut up about it because they, what they should have said that, Hey, you know what? We were ripping on Jim Harbaugh for this the very exact same thing. We need to shut up about it. You know, next time Harbaugh does something, we need to you know, swallow some crow and, and move on. Well, I can't remember exactly what I said about the sleepover stuff and everything. Um, but the way that I look at this, I don't think creepy is the right word. I just plain think it's kind of weird. Yeah. Having a conversation with the girlfriend isn't crazy, but texting her on whatever kind of a regular basis, who knows how much it was, but it's all of it's weird. Uh, him texting the girlfriend, him sending letters to the girlfriend's mom is weird. And honestly, Harbaugh with the sleepovers was weird too. So yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's, it's all weird. I personally think that they're all just kind of in the same jumble mess. So I'm not really going to bash it a whole lot because, because I, I did talking see, because there's a certain extent with me too, where it's just like, okay, we've all been there. Well, most of us have where we have had girlfriends in high school. And how many of those relationships have followed through, you know? Mm-hmm. So I can understand having a conversation with the girlfriend and, you know, talking with maybe there were texts at some point, but then talking to the mom. I mean, unless these two are looking at getting married after he graduates high school, I, I that is weirder to me, but I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I don't know. 
I don't know what these conversations are. I mean, it may have just been to the extent of, hey, this is what we do at Ohio State. You know, we're excited to have Ruckert at our school and we're going to take good care of him, blah, 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 blah. Because then if it's some kind of a text of where let's, oh, hey, how's your day going? <laughs> now, what you were saying earlier, were you saying with Michigan fans not making a bigger deal of it as they should have? Or are you talking about the media in itself that about what Urban Meyer was doing? Oh, I think Michigan fans are jumping on top of it, you know, okay. as they always do when it comes to Ohio State stuff, which is fine. I mean, that's part of the fandom. I don't think the media is. I mean, I. There's the point. There's where you draw a line. I'm and I'm kind of I'm steering you towards is if we're talking media, yeah, that makes that to me. Then you got hypocrisy full on, you know, on because you know you got Jim Harbaugh. If he did this, he'd be all over the news. Anything he does is all over news. Heck, even Paul Feibom would probably talk about it and tweet it out and say, you know. This guy would do anything, and what you know, he's you know creeper or whatever. He's odd. What eyeball coach who does this kind of stuff? But then you have uh, Urban Meyer do it, and nobody's saying anything about it. Now Michigan fans, on the other hand, to me, I didn't say much about it because you know, to me, I was like, hey, you know what? If I had, if I was okay with Jim Harbaugh doing what he did, then to me, what Urban Meyer did, I was like, yeah, you know what? That's odd too. Like you said, the word. You know, I come up with a little bit creepy, maybe creepy is a strong word, but in a way it's odd. Both of them are odd, right? Oh, yeah. that's well, insane. you're not the only person to say creepy, right. too. Other people are saying creepy. <laughs> right, and I'm like, hey, you know what? It's They both did something, so there's really nothing I can say. What am I going to do, harp on a harp on and go, man, I mean, a harp on Urban Meyer and say, hey, dude, that's really, really odd and creepy. What, what are you doing? And then have a Ohio State fan go and troll me and say, Dude, your coach did the same exact thing. I'm gonna go. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so I can't say much, you know. Yeah. So I didn't really say anything. My point is the media and their obsession with Jim Harbaugh and anything he even does is blown way out of proportion. And if Urban Meyer doesn't or Nick Saban, it doesn't matter. It's it's swept under the rug. It doesn't really matter. And that's I think the point you're trying to make here. Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, it's one of those interesting odd topics. Uh, to discuss uh, that you see floating around a lot on social media, especially like I said, with how Michigan fans have been talking about it. Yeah, it's kind of it's that's the way it would kind of go. I mean, I know a few Buckeye fans here around me, and if I got caught in a conversation with them, and it'd be like, dude, that's just plain straight up weird. And they'd be like, yeah, well, what about your coach sleeping over at a recruits house? And it's like, yeah, you know, that's weird too. Shrug, whatever. <laughs> right. So, but I mean. I don't know. I, I think it would be is where is it? Where are we going to draw the line? You know, you get odd and creepy if you, the terms you want to use. But you know, are we are we heading into a realm of each year it gets a little the boundaries get pushed a little bit more. That line drawn gets swept away, and then another line drawn to where it becomes way out of uh, the realm of the boundaries of where you should be recruiting recruits and how you should go about doing it. Because to me, this is about, about pushing to where you should go. And that should be about it until the NCA has got to step in and say, you can't do that. Yeah. Well, you know where this is kind of getting into. And I mean, 
I almost want to say this is just the way it is and why why they're doing it this way, but not being in the recruiting and everything, I guess I shouldn't go that far. But it's just like they're they're trying to, of course, get the girlfriend and the girlfriend's mom on their side. If you can build any extra relationship, that's also why college coaches communicate with high school coaches because if you can get an extra relationship where somebody said where you're down to your top three, top four, whatever, and they're just sitting down and discussing it. If that girlfriend only has a relationship, uh, a personal relationship, like a conversational relationship with Urban Meyer, she's going to have that little emotional attachment where it's just like, oh, he's a nice guy. He's talked to me. That's going, that can easily make that edge. That can be that deciding factor where they're just like, well, if it's so close, you know, uh, he's he's so nice. He talked to me. Uh, he's talked to me. I mean, I feel like he's so nice. He'll ha- uh, he'll treat you really well at Ohio State. You know, my votes for Ohio State. So then, you know, just that just that little extra bit more, and that's really kind of where it's coming into. And it's just like he didn't just talk to me, but he wrote letters to my mom. He went the extra mile. Yada yada. I mean, it's it's recruiting. It's I mean. Yeah, that's that's what it boils down to. So I don't know what the conversations exactly were, but so then it's like, how how far do you go? Is this going to be where? Uh, and, and I'm saying this for all coaches. I'm not saying this just with this, but it leads into a further discussion where it's just like, do and this probably happens. I don't know, but do college coaches then reach out to friends of the guy who aren't in athletics or oh, coworkers. Are you calling it at work? Yeah. You calling people at work. Are you, you know, calling bugging his, you calling his boss and, you know, yep. talking to his boss and Your kids. Are you talking to, you know, maybe a recruit has, you know, like you said, they go after the parents, like now they're the girlfriend and you're talking, there's so many, you know, cousins and, you know, extended family and, you know, even close friends, obviously they do, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it is interesting to see where this goes and certainly makes for a good topic and for us to talk about, but, is, uh, is it illegal to pay a recruit's girlfriend? Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, I know. Technically, so. uh, technically it wouldn't be, it's not an athlete. I yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. of course, then it's thought they would get into the recruiting thing, but. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you got you got coaches. I mean, you got the staff of these colleges that are literally saying, "Hey, we're going to transform our whole offense around you." I mean, that's the ultimate. <laughs> I'm going to give you so much love that you're you you're going to want to come to our college and 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 get your degree here. So I'm like, wow, and that's one heck, hefty promise, isn't it? The, build your whole uh, team around one player. So I don't know. It's kind of lofty, but you know, it's what you get to do what you got to do. Right. Yeah. But. Yeah. Everybody does their own different thing and it's all sorts of weird. So yeah. There you go. But, uh, I mean, that's texting, that's writing letters. Of course, there's other communications through tweets and things like that. Um, And in the world of Twitter, let me see. uh, There are other things going on because I was not. I I guess I came into this backwards because, well, uh, because I saw the tweet that Chase Winovich 
put out. Yep. And so I'm going to explain kind of how I saw this. And he said, we don't use brakes anyways, foot always on the gas. Mm-hmm. So when yeah. I saw that, I was just like, oh, you know, interesting. Uh, cool tool. Yeah, you know, a cool thing to say. Totally didn't even think anything of it. I was just like, all right. And then yep. uh, you brought to my attention that there's actually stuff going on with uh, banter with Florida. Yeah. And well, so. Response to it, right. Yeah. So before that same day, uh, I think about three hours earlier, Mark Thompson, who is the second, possibly third string running back for Florida. Yep put out on Twitter, the disrespect is crazy. I can't wait till we beat the brakes off Michigan. So I don't know where that came from. Did you find anything on where that came from? Well, you're literally saying the same exact question that a lot of even players, parents are talking about. I mean, literally players that play for Michigan, the parents are actually saying, can you tell me where this disrespect is coming from? Because I don't know what they're talking about. And I'm like, exactly. Either they're either seeing it on the media or they're seeing a bunch of love and attention drawn towards Michigan because obviously Jim Harbaugh and Michigan's got a new vamped, you know, we got new players coming in and, you know, no one knows what Michigan's going to look like. So we getting all the attention and that this guy apparently maybe Florida and he's just voicing it out thinks that we shouldn't be getting all this attention and Florida should. And he tweeted out saying, Hey, you know what? The whole, this is goes back to the whole, if you're not, if you're not being talked about, you're being disrespected. Correct. And so that's what it seems to me, what this guy has a problem with Mark Thompson running back for Florida. Like you said, He's he's only the second or third string. I don't know if he's a mouthpiece for some of what some of the other. I think he is. I think he's just a guy who's heard, you know, that it's banter, it's locker room talk, and they're pretty much sick of all the Michigan talk. And this guy just tweeted it out, and you know what happens when you tweet to Michigan, man, from another school? It it literally goes through the grapevine quickly, and so we caught wind of it, and it was big. So. Oh yeah, all the time that happens. Uh, but yeah, I. It's, yeah. So. The only thing that I've really seen a whole lot with uh, the sports talk um, for Michigan, Florida. Now, obviously, I'm not watching. I don't. I don't have cable. I'm not watching ESPN and all these different things. But usually, when they highlight Michigan, I catch it. Um. So I haven't seen things, and I haven't exactly gone on and searched what anybody's been saying against Florida or about Florida. So maybe there's something out there. But the only thing I see are the Michigan-specific blogs, like MGO blog and different things like that, where, yes, that's a Michigan. You're going to expect people on there to be for Michigan, whether they're crazy, fanatic homers or they're just regular, you know, weighing out all the different options for the game. But then, um, like, I'll see a little banter here or there with some of the people who report for Michigan on recruiting a little bit here or there. But, I mean, nothing major. I've not seen anything major. So, yeah, I agree with you. I don't know if the disrespect is just nothing's being said or all the Harbaugh talk in general. I honestly don't – I don't know. I mean, yeah. is it beating a team forty-one to seven disrespect or? <laughs> right. Well, obviously you forgot, but I think I think it just happens to fall within the whole. 
you know, if you're not being talked about, you're being disrespected. And I think, you know what, it, it comes off, you know, you got a coach. I believe this is the same coach, what, that got, you know, on the Twitter tabloids of uh, him, what, with a, sh- a shark, shark, naked with a shark, if I'm correct. Yes. And that's <laughs> right. So, um, but, you know, there's nothing really flashy about Florida right now. There's really nothing going on with Florida that's newsworthy, and they don't get the, as much hype as Michigan does because Michigan's always in the news. We got a huge fan base, and and you know the media loves Jim Harbaugh and anything he does. So, and I think that just really myths people, and it's just similar to the way Michigan State is with us, where you know we're always being talked about, even if Michigan State does beat us. It doesn't matter. We're still being talked about, and that drives people crazy. And well, I'm like, well, that's Michigan for you. You're just gonna have to, you know, take it and understand it, you know, and move on. That's just the way you're gonna have to live with it. But yeah, I think a lot of people are just like, where's this coming from? I don't know, but he decided to do it, and that's all it took. So yeah, I um. I don't know. I'm not sure. Oh, man, there was something else that I was going to add to it. Oh, what was it? What was it? Mm. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I've i seen some of the banter going on then between the Michigan and Florida fans. I don't know if it was directly after this or not, if it was results because of this happening and everything, but I, I don't really get into Twitter banter a whole lot outside of the season. Usually outside of the season, I have a lot going on still, and I want to try to get other products, projects done so that I'm not doing them during the season. So I'll see stuff on Twitter, and then I look yeah. at the clock. Yeah. I look at the clock, and I'm like, I don't, I don't have time for this. So I don't right. say anything. Yeah. But, uh, but I did see something interesting how somebody was trying to argue about how irrelevant Michigan has been, and I was just kind of like, well – then why does it bother you so much that you got beat by it in an irrelevant team two years ago right? or a year and a half ago or whatever it was? So I don't know. Pe- people are just funny. It's just like. Well, the question would be to you is then if you believe that he's, well, I'm not going to say he thinks it. Do you think that he's using kind of like the Mark D'Antonio playbook of motivating, trying to motivate this team to, uh, to win against Michigan or get them to beat, or you know, that's where he's heading towards. You know, you know, obviously a good motivating tool to get teams to beat other teams is disrespect and using that disrespect train. You know, if we had the noise, it'd be great. But um, to beat teams, and do you think that's where this guy's going with this? Um, maybe. Honestly, I've seen more disrespect in some other stuff because. They're talking about all mighty on the things that they've accomplished, which really isn't all that much because they might win their division, but it's the East and the SEC. And this year they're projected not even to win their division, um, which I don't even know who in their East would be competing with them for that. But, yeah, that's that's possible, just a motivating factor. I don't know. It's, it's so weird. I'm sitting here looking at the tweet, and I'm still just kind of like just so out of the blue, but uh, – it is it is what it is maybe yeah. getting things fired up for it but i will i will mention this before i forget this part cuz i thought it was hilarious cuz when we were talking about it and you said oh yeah there was that running back 
from Florida who tweeted out. And I was like, oh, okay. So I went online and right away put in Florida RB. And what it filled it in with, maybe it wasn't the first thing. Maybe it was like second or third at most. But one of the, one of the options it said to finish it, the search was Florida ru- running back poops his pants. <laughs> Did you hear about that? Did you know about that? No, I didn't. Yeah, from a, from a few years ago. Uh, I can't remember what game it was, but apparently one of them like pooped his pants when he scored a touchdown or something. And I saw a little glimpse of a picture, and it was uh, quite uh, streaky. So, oh, okay. So yeah. the run, runny stuff. Yeah. So uh, good thing to come across there on Twitter. So. If, if Florida fans are tuning in, and uh, that that's what's coming up when you look up for your look out for your running backs on Google, so well that's pretty bad. <laughs> He's a poop back. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, wow, jeez. <laughs> I had to share that little gem there with everybody. So yeah, if you want to go out there, you can find that. It was uh, rather entertaining when I'm trying to go and find banter going on between Michigan and Florida. I just find out about Florida running back pooping his pants. Yeah. Well, there you go, man. The disrespect's there. Yep. Maybe maybe that's what it what it's all about. It's not that running back though. I did I did find that much out. If it was, I would have that I would have had a field day with that. Well, I tell you what, Twitter or fans would have found it easily. Oh yeah. Somebody way, somebody else would have grabbed that. Yeah. Way way, way too clever. <laughs> so, yeah. way too much material to work with on that one, so. <laughs> but um so then we have to kind of round things out here for our conversation. Uh, did you say Bavada? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, it's a it's an online betting. Yeah. Fa- sports place betting. Yeah, I found that here. Just wanted to make sure I got the right one. Uh, it was yep. posted today. Today. Uh, today. Bavada through Las Vegas for odds and over under and all that fun stuff um, for conferences release things for the 2017 season. And interestingly enough, uh, things wind up, uh, they put Michigan at a flat nine. So over under nine. Yep. And so that would mean three losses, regular season losses. And, of course, the four main games people are talking about are Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State, and Florida. Right. Which has kind of been a regular conversation for people where they have been saying that they expect Michigan just to go ahead and lose all three of those. So, I don't know, more more disrespect, man. What's up <laughs> with that? Well, they got it over, and I'm, you know, I'm, the, I'm not too – you know, you know, I don't know a lot about these numbers because I don't gamble or anything, but it looks like, yeah, the over is at nine and then the under is at nine, but they have the over at negative 180 and then the under is at plus 150. So that means somewhere, somewhere between there, they're ranging between if you at eight and a half to nine, they can literally say, yeah, it's nine, but I can see them going eight. And then the under is nine, but yeah, I can see him going maybe ten. 
<laughs> it's, it's it's weird. And so I'm looking at this and I'm going, okay, so they're literally kind of riding the fence between eight and a half games win, if that makes sense. You know, eight or nine wins, but they don't have them at ten. So yeah. Uh. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not that far off. I mean people well, people are talking about how uh, well I've said people are talking about. I'm sure I'm not the only one where I anticipate that this year is going to be kind of uh, Michigan's going to hold steadfast, and it could be a potential you know another ten and three season. Um, whether all those losses are regular season losses or maybe there's some in the um postseason but yeah i i don't foresee things getting worse uh for michigan so it's kind of tough to say uh put in perspective here they don't uh have a lot of faith for well okay this is an over under though you do you do have to remember that so i guess i should say that um but outside of ohio state there's not a lot of faith in the big 10 because they have ohio state at 10 and a half but then Wisconsin, who a lot of people have a lot of favor for because of their schedule this year, uh, comes in at nine and a half, and Penn State at nine and a half, the Michigan at nine. And interestingly, right behind that, I'll name a few Northwestern eight, Minnesota seven and a half, Iowa six and a half, and Nebraska seven. So, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's. I don't know. I don't think it's too crazy. I'm not taking it as a whole lot of disrespect. If they came in at eight or eight and a half, I feel like if it was eight and a half, it's like somebody go there right now and put a lot of money on on over. So you say if we go nine and three, is that a low balling uh, record to, in your eyes? Do you it, think you're low balling Michigan? It's it's a tough one. Yeah, it, I'm not predicting eight that. Eight and four, you think they are? Oh yeah, it's, eight and four is right. Yeah, I think that's that's low. Oh. Nine and three, I don't think is too is totally out of the question. I don't think that's going to happen. But to my point, where I said, you know, I mean, that could still turn into a ten and three season with the postseason. That's kind of like, you know, I mean, there were a lot of changes for Michigan. So, but I just I just look at that, and I really I don't know. The end of the season is, has proved difficult for Michigan for multiple years now. So I almost have a hard time kind of just saying that because, I, I you know, it's probably going to start off the same where the beginning of the season works out well. Wouldn't be surprised if it is a win with Florida and everything. Um, but I don't see losing three games, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Penn State. I mean, two of them, yeah, is not out of the question at all. But all three of them? Really? I mean, I don't know. If we say to Michigan fans, hey, you know what? If you're saying Michigan's going to go eight and four, then you're going to have a fourth loss, and that maybe, and that loss, those four losses, Ohio State, Wisconsin, possibly, you know, obviously Penn State, and then you're going to say, you know, take your pick, but, you know, maybe there's a trap game in there. And then you'd say, okay, maybe the more logical one would be Florida, the first game, because they are ranked. So that's your four losses. But then if you're saying nine and three, and that's a not a low balling number, and that's pretty much riding the fence on exactly where you sh- they should be. Well, then, then where's that loss? Let's say you say three losses, one's to Ohio State. Let's say one of them's to what? What's the next one? Penn State. 
That's where I'm hearing. I'm hearing the second loss is at Penn State. Then where's the third? You really are going to have to pick between us winning at Wisconsin or us beating Florida. Yeah. So, and me, I think we're beat. I think we're going to beat Florida. I just do. I don't think we're going to lose to them. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is Wisconsin at home, at home on their field, on their turf. And nobody's, I'm hearing more of Florida's going to beat us and us winning at Wisconsin. And I'm more of like, heck, I'd, I think I'd rather pick us beating Penn State <laughs> at Penn State because usually we do really, really well against Penn State. In fact, I've had a lot, number, numerous Penn State fans say, man, Michigan's got our number every year. And I'm like, yeah, and Iowa's got our number and Wisconsin's got our number. And I always feel worried about playing Wisconsin than I do Penn State. Um, I don't know. I I have this weird feeling that <sighs> I don't think that Penn State's going to pan out like people are thinking. Like this is not my bias. Like just part of me is thinking that okay, if you if you had to put out on there and kind of just forget the the schedules between Penn State and Wisconsin, who you think is going to like be the safer bet? Like, uh, who's I don't know if you should say more successful because then that gets into the schedule of things. But who's going to be the more steadfast team? Who's going to be more rock solid in 2017? I would go with Wisconsin. I, I honestly think that it's going to be a weird year for Penn State. I don't know. I do. Well, and then they got their quarterback who's their quarterbacks coming back, the running backs coming back, they've yep. got other guys coming back. They've got a lot of things going for them, but I don't I think last year was kind of something weird for them almost. Yep. I don't think James Franklin is that good. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that he's terrible or that he's bad. I don't think he's going to be able to hold the team and have the team rise up and, you know it, it was I don't know. He he almost had the Ohio State game land in his lap. He had yep. he had the bowl game, but then that slipped away. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there's there's different things, and I'll, I'll, I mean, you could say the same thing about uh, games that Harbaugh has coached um, right. at Michigan. So I, I don't know. I just that's a little bit of my two cents where I feel like things won't go as well for Penn State as some people think for this year. Right. Then you would say Ohio State loss, Wisconsin loss, Penn State win, and then where's your? I don't like saying Ohio State loss. I don't. I know. I'm not coming out to say that's a guarantee. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying that either. I don't know. But as yeah, a potential, you're, not, you're saying it as a high potential so, loss. Right, right, high potential loss, and there, and that would be it if you were taking the nine and three route. You got Ohio State loss, if that's the case. Wisconsin loss, if that's what you're heading towards. And then where's your third? Yeah. If it's Penn State, you would say Florida, correct? Yeah. Or uh, the trap game you were talking about, Indiana. Then you have a trap. Then you're going to have to pick a trap game. You say Air Force, you say Indiana, and we beat Florida. Are you, I think you know what I think. I think you're worried that there's one game in there that we see, we should be winning and we always lose. Well, yeah. I mean, what about the Iowa? That, right. Yeah, 
Iowa game last year, and then uh, I wouldn't necessarily say the Utah game from the first year because that was such a rough start, and that was fresh everybody. But like the Michigan State game, 2015. Yeah, yeah. See, I I hate this. I you know what? The more you you and I are talking about that, I hate that because you, in a way, you're right. There was always one game. It's a trap game, and I hate it because you look at. We do this every year. We look at the schedule and we say we discuss it. We thumb through it. And we say these two or three games we more should lose. Or you know, I'm I'm saying heck, we could even run the table and beat them all. We're we're capable of it. Sure, we know that. But if you had picked three, that would be the three. But you, like you said, there's always one game that's a trap game. We should win and. We always seem to come up short with something ridiculous. We lose by a field goal or whatever, and we just play bad all you know all four quarters. And so that would be my issue in all this is you know Florida win, and then you lose to what Air Force on a fluke, or you would lose against you know I don't see us losing Michigan State at home at all. But you know, like you said, Indiana at, at Indiana, yeah, could be tough. Yeah. I mean, well, okay. Like going back to what I said earlier too, is the end of the season for Michigan has always been brutal and kind of ugly. I mean, last season it was Iowa, Indiana, Ohio state. Iowa was a loss. Indiana was a close game. It was the snow game. And and then uh spate was hurt. Mm-hmm. And then Ohio state was a loss. And then we wrap things up this year. At Maryland, at Wisconsin, and then home versus Ohio State. Right. You have a little bit of a break there between the Penn State and the Wisconsin game, which we believe are going to be two tougher games. But, you know, you do have Wisconsin and Ohio State back-to-back there. So no game on here is unwinnable. No game. Oh, none. So, I mean, yeah, like you said, running the table is – an absolute possibility, but there's so many questions, and everything. I don't know. It's tough. We could sit here and talk about it for hours and hours, but so you and I, if you, if I could say your trap game for the year, if you had to pick one, it would be what Indiana. I think that's what you said. Yeah, because that's after Michigan state. You're, so you're coming off the Michigan state game and that's before the Penn state game. I think that's probably emotional. Um, right. Yeah, and that's a good. That's one. That's one I would choose too. But the one I'm, I, the, the two I'm, I would say is be a trap game. Is I'm hedging on Air Force and Minnesota. Uh, you know, I th- I'm more leaning towards Minnesota, and I know we're playing Minnesota at the Big House, but it's it's, I don't know, it's a tough man. It's a tough one. I mean, I can see it. You Indiana. It, that's the Air Force, Indiana, or Minnesota would be the trap games I'm looking at. But I don't know. You know, it's just certain things. You know, Air Force scares me just because of the whole triple option. So I'm always leery of watching that, and I hate it. And last time we played him, we didn't do well. So Uh, We won the game, but, yeah, we didn't do very well. Right. There you go. So they got us at nine. Okay, which is about right. You know, I'm not shocked by it whatsoever. I think I would have had us at nine too, but um, yeah, that's not too bad. I mean, nine, nine and a half wouldn't have been uh, outrageous. 
But yeah, nines, I don't feel like it's any kind of level of disrespect. I mean, that, that's the thing we go back to. There are so many questions for Michigan. So yeah, we'll just have to wait until that first game against Florida. So, yep. It'll be a big game for sure. So we will transition here then into some closing thoughts. All right, well, this uh, episode is brought to you by Tide, the stuff that can get those hard-to-remove stains out from the crotch of your pants after you poop your pants scoring a touchdown. Yeah, well, that's good. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Oops, I crapped my pants. Oops, I crapped my pants. <laughs> yeah. Makes me think of that, um, uh, the Lego movie. Did oh, you yeah. see that new episode of Honey, Where Are My Pants or how, however it goes? Honey, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where are my pants? Sitcom, they all laugh and go crazy, yeah. Yeah, that's the only <laughs> thing they say the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Honey, oh. I crap my pants. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, good good times, good fun. Thanks, Florida fans, for being such a great sports and everything. So I, I haven't – that was something that I was going to kind of bring up, but I think it's very evident because I was even just looking at the schedule. I was going to be like, oh, who do you think – of our non-conference opponents is going to be the biggest uh, trash talkers. And then I'm just like, well, we have Air Force, Cincinnati, and Florida. So, duh, it's going to be Florida. Yeah, Because course. Air Force, I don't even know if they ever taught trash. Yeah. The only thing possible with Cincinnati is you might see something similar to what Rutgers did where they got an Ohio State coach and they thought they were going to beat the crap out of everybody for whatever unknown reason. Right. Hey, you grabbed one of their coaches. It's got to be got to whip Michigan, right? Nah, it didn't happen. Nah, can't even score a point. Right. Yeah. Good game. Good game. But uh, so yeah. Oh, go ahead. I mean, I'm glad you know this is a closing thoughts, but it's just you know Michigan football is coming up, and I think more people in the state of Michigan are waiting for Michigan football more than ever because man, you know we just don't. This this state is having its is having a rough time with sports, man. Because we you know we got Red Wings weren't that good. Lions always you know having issues you know with GMs and coaching and players and us not we always what a losing <laughs> we're always losing with the Lions and then of course Calvin Johnson coming out and tweeting about you know him retiring because they have rights to his number as his name and so he retired because of that and disrespected i guess from from the line staff and then you get then you get the tigers you know man trading away jt jd martinez and it's just dumpster fire after dumpster fire around here and so man i'm just looking forward to michigan football it's just i just am yeah it's man I look forward to Michigan football, and then I look forward to the NFL. I don't look forward to the Lions. I just look forward to the NFL. Right, and yeah, you look for, or you look forward to fantasy football, and that's sad. I mean, we're talking about a fictitious thing, and you're looking forward to that more than your sports. You know what I said? Is I go, I talked to my neighbor. I was talking about the Tigers and say, "What are they doing? This is driving me nuts." You know, trading away one of your best players on the team for a couple prospects that might pan out. You don't know. And then I went, now I'm starting to root. You've always, everybody's got a second team that they're rooting for. 
that's where it's come down to. Now I'm all about Kansas City, you know that. So I'm all Royals and Chiefs. So now I'm on to Kansas City Chiefs, Kansas City Royals, and I'm going to root for them now. Oh. Yeah, well, they definitely stand a lot better chance than Detroit does. So it's aggravating, but Michigan football's coming up. No doubt, no doubt. And so if you ever want to contact us, give us a conversation to talk about or get your thoughts heard on the show. Uh, we get a lot of reaction during the season because we like to get score predictions and we do a little score rundown. But we've got our email, bluebrothersportscast at gmail.com. We can always be reached on Twitter at bluebros underscore Caleb or underscore Craig. And then the favorite which is the voicemail, call, leave a short voicemail, and we can put it right here, right onto the show. 551-258-3276. That is 551-BLUE-BRO. So with that, we will make our way out. We thank you guys for tuning in. We know it's a little bit later in the week, uh, getting back into things. But uh, we hope that you guys have a good weekend coming up. And as always, go Blue. Go Blue.